That's been the one taboo, is that black people and other oppressed people in this country are never to use violence to achieve what it is they want. But this country uses violence whenever it chooses, and then it legitimizes the violence. Welcome back. It's Daniel White Hodge, Profane Faith, Special Issue. And uh, my next guest here, uh, and again, I just want to hop right into this, is uh, a good brother uh, that I've come to know and really respect and admire uh, what he has to say in regards to uh, self-defense and uh, being armed as a black person, David Hayes. Uh, He will actually be appearing on another podcast uh, I'm co-hosting with uh, Tamisha Tyler called Progressively Black that will hopefully be out here in the fall. Uh, But in the meantime, I thought I got to have you on Profane Faith to talk about this because things are just a little too out of hand. I think his perspective is very unique and needed uh, at this time. So check out what Brother David and I had to talk about in regards to just aspects of gun control, being black and armed, being able to defend yourself uh, as a black person. You got to keep in mind, remember, you know, self-defense as a black person, as a person of color is not anything new. Um, I don't even think it's in anything untheological to, to be. Um, when you look at our ancestors, when you think about uh, you know some of these people that we hold up as heroes uh, in the faith, including people like Martin Luther King and his bodyguards, they had arms, they had guns. Um, you think about um, um, you know people in in the movement. Uh, you know, it's like people were armed. So um, I'm not saying that violence solves things. At the same time. The second side to that argument is that, you know, and I've said this on the show before, World War II was not one with thoughts and prayers. OK, we didn't overthrow the Nazi regime uh, or at least the U.S. military didn't overthrow the Nazi regime. Right. Because they, you know, diplomacy and they just worked things out. No, there was bloodshed. And it was bad. I mean, I'm not saying it was good. I'm not saying I want that. I don't think mo- a lot of people want that. I do believe there are people who want it. And unfortunately, some of those people are are in our government now. Uh, People benefit from war. Uh, Businesses benefit. There's a lot of money to be made during war. Um, But I think we have to look at the broader picture um, of what's going on. I'm talking about self-defense. I'm not talking about going out and killing thousands of people. I'm not talking about going out and, you know, overtaking a nation. Um, So I think we have to begin to think about these things through a couple of different lenses rather than just reacting to some of the discourse that is in our public arena. So, without any further ado, check out the conversation David and I had in regards to all this. Next day, you shot me the, uh, the message. Oh. Like, see there? Oh. Yeah, I already knew it. <laughs> I already knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you, are, you did know, man. You did know, because just some of the stuff that folks have been talking about, and just, you know, particularly when as it comes to some of the binary solutions to all this stuff, man. So I was like, let me get, let me get brother David on here, man. This is, let me get this brother on here, man. Um, well, what were your thoughts, man? Let's just hop right into this stuff, man. What were your thoughts when you first, you know, there was, it seems like, well, at least this round, there was Gilroy, there was the Ohio, and then there was the El Paso, well, there was the El Paso, then the Ohio mass shootings, mass killings. What, what were your thoughts on that? And how is that? What's been your conversation thought process like since then? So just to show you how much I've had my head down, 
I didn't even know about the first shooting. Okay. Um, I found out. I actually found out about that first one um, when they were doing the coverage for uh, El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. So, because everyone would, because I started noticing, I'm like, it's like three mass shootings. I'm like three. I'm like, I only, I only knew about the first two. So I've just had my head in the sand, man. You know, just dealing with this truck and stuff um, for the last for a little while, and and seriously didn't even know about it, man. Which is no excuse, but um, but yeah, I didn't know about it, but. Um, now that I have been, you know, uh, when I was told about it and I looked into, you know, all of the stuff that's been going on, um, it's a couple things, Dr. Dan, you know, it, it, first off, we see the whole classic, um, how they categorize the shooters versus, you know, when the shootings go on, uh, by people that look like us, um, it, it's always, um, them approaching it from a solution-based stance, you know, so just like with the whole opioid thing, you know, like black people, I've been knowing black people that's been getting high and, and, and overdosing on opioids mm -hmm. since I was a kid. Right. But now all of a sudden when it became a bigger issue in the white community, now all of a sudden it's a, it's an epidemic. We need to uh, donate, I mean, uh, dedicate resources to studying it. This down the third, same thing with us. Like when we shoot, we thugs, we're predators, we are, you know, gangsters, we're criminals instantly. But when uh, a young white man or an older white man, you know, as a case in Vegas, uh, can go and commit a mass murder, um, the first thing we want to do is look for solutions. We want to look for what's the reasoning behind him doing that. And so that, you know, irritated me, to say the least. Right. Um, but it also just strengthened my resolve to stay to stay on point, man, to stay focused. Like, um, just saying that we as black people um, we seriously need to arm and train. And one of the things that um, I've been saying even as of recent is uh, it, it, we got to understand that not just black people need to do this. Like Mexican people need to do this. Um, white people need to do this because case in point at the Vegas shooting, that was country music. That was a, you know, predominantly white crowd. But we all need to be, and especially my people, you know, we all need to be conscious. We need to have our head on the swivel, man. It's sad, but we have to understand that a lot of the time when we're going out doing the everyday normal things, um, like going to shop at Walmart or uh, as the people in Ohio were just going out for a good time, you know, on this trip was full of bars. Yeah. Um, we got to understand that there's going to be people, whether they be sick or just evil, um, but they're going to target us. They're going to target those venues, and we as people have to wake up. We have to be a more, uh, be in a more conscious state. We have to be in the mindset that we're going to have fun, but we're also going to be cautious. Um, and we also have to be of a fight-back mindset. We have to get to the point that we start to incorporate protection more and more into our daily routine. Like, that just has to start to get drilled into our minds because people, we, we got to— for so long, we've just been able to use the police as a crutch. Yeah. You know, if something bad happens, oh, we can just dial 911. But I don't know who coined this. Um, I believe it was one of the NRA guys. But they coined a phrase that says that police are just minutes away in a situation that takes seconds. So minutes away is days away when there's an active yeah. shooter currently shooting, mm -hmm. you know. And so— um, like the case in, you know, I don't know if you've seen the post that I did, but we actually came down on Walmart last year because Walmart 
had designated their stores as no gun zones. And mm. the thing with that is a lot of them don't display the signs. So um, we actually went around to a few Walmart stores around Chicago area. Uh, me and my wife, actually, this was a while ago. Um, and we got some other people involved. Now, we was doing our own little research for a different reason, but that was one of the things that I was paying attention to. And some stores display them, some stores don't. Okay. But for the most part, Walmart, um, are they've designated all their stores as gun-free zones. Um, and same thing with the Dayton, Ohio shooting. That guy, he went on a strip that's full of uh, bars. And for the most part, states don't allow you to conceal carry and places that are bars. How they put it is they say if the place or the establishment makes at least 50% of their income from the sale of alcohol over the last three months, then you cannot conceal carry there. That's just a legal way of saying you can't carry in a bar. Okay. That's all that is. Okay. And so when, you, when you're when you a shooter and you target a strip that's full of bars or when you target a Walmart that's right by the border that's frequently visited by immigrants that are coming over the border to do their weekly shopping, both Walmart being a no-gun zone as well as it being full of people that you know did not carry a firearm across the border and come through customs, that to, to, for one, that tells me that you're not crazy. So I'm not yeah. I'm not buying that whole crazy spill. Yeah. But for two, that's just another level of evil. You know, you it, but it also goes back to what we say. These cowards, they're cowards. They're not looking for a fight. These guys are not looking for fights. That's why they always do these mass shootings in places where they know or fully expect people to be unarmed. And so even with that being Texas, because people were saying like, yo, this Texas, this is like the, you know, gun friendliest state in the country. Right. It is. Right. But 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 Walmart and specifically the Walmart close to the border, that's going to be one of the least protected ones, you know. So those are just those are just things, man, you know, that I just definitely wanted to point out on your podcast, Dr. Dan, you know, yes. even though it was Texas, um, both of those were were definitely places where those guys knew uh, people would more than likely not be armed. And I say more than likely because there's a lot of people that gun-free zone or not, unless it's a governmental police building, they carrying their weapon up in there, you know, but that's a chance. You know, people are taking a chance because the first offense of that is a class, uh, was a class B misdemeanor or something like that. So, you know, but yet and still, man, I believe those guys knew what they were doing and we just got to operate in the sad, but we have to operate in that and in, in that knowledge, just knowing that these the people are legit targeting us. They're targeting innocent people, whether you be black, white, Mexican, Asian, mm -hmm. Jewish, Christian, yeah. Muslim. It doesn't matter, man. Some of these people just want, and, and it's for sensational reasons, too. You know, and that's why I had a conversation with a guy, and I hope I'm not talking too much. No, please, keep going, brother. You breaking it down. Come on. Okay, so I had a conversation with a guy. We were talking about the mass shooting versus uh, the Chicago gang violence. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, you know, while both of them are horrific, like, there's no justification for either one. Um, but the difference is... These guys that do these mass shoot, like in Chicago, we know the deal. Majority of the shootings that go into Chicago is drug and gang related. So it's going to be some retaliatory stuff. These fools just can't shoot, so they wind up shooting our babies and our women, as we seen last week. You know, two yeah. innocent women yeah. were killed um, because these they, fools just out here being stupid, basically. Um, but in, in essence, it's some retaliatory stupid gang territorial type stuff um and the thing behind these mass shootings the the scary part about it is these are sensational shootings they're inspirational in nature these guys do these things partly 
to inspire the next batch of mass shooters. So they know that they're going to get a lot of media coverage. They know that um, anything that's going on on the news is going to get dropped and their their, their story is going to get going to get covered. Um, you know, some of them are willing to die. Some of them are not willing to die. But either way, um, it's going to it's going to continue to push their narrative. Like case in point, I was listening to NPR uh, yesterday and they were talking about the platform in which these guys leave these manifestos. Now, I made it a point to not remember the name of this platform. But the, the thing that I found interesting is that all of these media sources were talking about this platform. And so they were saying how they're trying to get um, politicians to, like, shut this platform down. It's an online platform. Um, but they're trying to get them to shut this platform down. And because, all, like, a lot of the last few shooters have uh, left manifestos on this on this on this um, social hate yeah. field whatever platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was like, you know, the interesting thing is this. This place, this thing is like supposedly super big. I I, I knew nothing about it. And I usually pride myself on being, you know, pretty up on what's going on, you know, having my ear to the streets and I'll be on social media a lot, you know, so I'm like, dude, that's kind of crazy. I'd never heard about this. But now the interesting thing is now everybody has heard about it. Mm -hmm. So you're mm -hmm. probably going to have some young um, disturbed in whatever capacity you want to put it, um, shooters, potential shooters that's going to hear about this. And now they got a platform to go and, you know, collaborate ideas and, and all of this. I'm like, you know, I think that that's another part. Like, we really have to change the way the media deals with these things because um, these guys are doing them for sensational reasons, uh, for, for sensational reasons, and they're getting exactly what they want sometimes. Now, I know that that's kind of difficult because the reporters have a duty to report the news and the details as it happens. So I don't even claim to have a solution to that one, Dr. Dan. I, I just know that um, I found it ironic that supposedly this 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 news this um, social platform was like so big, but I had never heard of it. But now I, I heard of it, you know. So it's like, yeah. if I want to, I can go check it out now, you know. Right. But um, yeah, I had never man, heard so, of it either. <laughs> yeah, I, I had. It starts with an H, man. I I, I look it up later, man, because I, I I said it. I was gonna um present it to this other group that we uh. We have dialogue in, but, but, but yeah, man. So, it, but all in all, you know, as I stated, we, as a people, um, especially as minorities, we have to just understand that we're targeted, you know, whether we're targeted by people coming in with guns blazing, uh, people putting bombs in the mail, as we've seen, you know, a little while back, um, or whatever it is, man, we're targeted and we just have to operate. That has to become second nature. Dr. Dan, when I go to the restaurant with my wife or with my family, yeah, my wife already know. We're looking for the most opportune booth, right? I need to be, a, I need a booth in the corner, preferably in the back. So, and I'm, and I'm in a seat where I can see the whole restaurant. Right, right. And you know, I'm, I'm scoping out. Okay, where's the exit? You know, okay, this, you got to go through the kitchen to get to the back exit. Um, I usually sit with my firearm facing inward, you know, instead of outward because I don't want patrons to see it because that's going to give away my advantage to somebody coming here acting crazy. Um, but yeah, whether we're in a store, I'm looking for exit plans. Like I'm looking for, I'm assessing people. You know, I'm looking at people. I'm trying to see, you know, do he look like he's gonna start some trouble? I, I don't really know. Um, but that's that's my norm, and that's a lot of our norm. Um, but we have to get to where that's majority of the people's norm. You know, because like I said, this guy walked into Walmart wearing ear protection, carrying an a an AK-47. It yeah. don't get more, you yeah. know. That's an announcement right there. That's like, yo, I'm going to kill some people, you know, and, and I just, 
I think about like how many people had to have seen him but not seen him, you know? Right. Like, and and he and and Lord forbid it could you know it could have been one person that was armed could have potentially stopped the whole situation, but a lot of the time we have our heads down, whether it be looking at the ground, whether it be looking at our phones, we're distracted, you know. But we have to, we just have to be more aware. We have to be for the for the safety of our families and ourselves. We have to be more aware of our surroundings. Absolutely. I mean, I'm 300 percent with that. I mean, um, yeah, I try to talk with my daughter about that all the time, especially with devices that are in our hands. It's one of the reasons why uh-huh. when I'm outside or even just when I'm walking down the street, I see a lot of folks with headphones in. I mean, I, I've never been able to do that. I mean, personally, it's just my own PTSD and just growing up around a lot of stuff. I just yeah. I always feel like I have to be I want to know. Who do I hear coming up behind me? Who's on the side yeah. of me? I want to know, man. And so you're absolutely right. Let me let me ask this then, man. So some people that I that I respect highly are now starting to say, okay, we need to pass gun laws. And so now the debate is becoming, you know, on, uh, you know, the Democratic debate, especially since, those you know, these are the cats that are up trying to beat Trump in 2020 or, you know, pretty much now hopping on. We need to pass gun control. We need to take out um you know, quote unquote, uh, guns that are, you know, for, for war and weapons of war. I mean, I forget the jargon that they're using, but assault but, rifles. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The assault rifles. And so I'm just, I'm trying to think through, man, cause I feel, it feels like those laws tend to affect us and us by, I mean, let me be clear, black folk the most. Um, yeah. but I, so I'm not sure if gun control is the answer. But it's just like I heard Sean King the other day like hopping on like, oh, man, we need to do this and, and get some gun control to get some of these things. I personally don't think that's the problem, but what are your thoughts on that, man? My thoughts, uh, so I went on this campaign, um, uh, the, the the gun control campaign, um, and I, I agree with you, Dr. Dan. Gun control is not necessarily the issue. Uh, not necessarily going to solve the problem. Now, certain measures, and I know you probably won't hear many gun guys say this, but I am in agreement with some gun control. Like, I do think they need to get this uh, background check stuff situated. Uh, They need to get it figured out because uh, too many people are slipping through that loop that shouldn't. Um, So they need to get the they need to get the background check part figured out. Um, I would even be in support of raising the age limit of a person being able to own a firearm. Um, Now, not using it because if because I own weapons and I train my children. So I would like to be able to be the responsible parent and let them use my firearms. Mm -hmm. But I don't you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't go kicking and screaming if they say, yo, Okay, we're going to raise the age limit to 25 until uh, someone can buy a gun. Now, I know the argument for that is going to be, well, but they can go into the military at 18 and they can use, you know, uh, fully automatic weapons. Right. That's true. Right. However, they can't take those weapons out. And and, yeah. and if they do that, it's going to be usually under the supervision of a sergeant, first sergeant, whatever you can, a commander in some capacity that's going to be leading their effort. They're going to receive training. They're going to receive, you know, uh, like I said, a supervision and oversight while they have those weapons. Uh, and, and granted, I'm not even saying that this is a perfect solution, but I do think that um, to a degree, 
when you're dealing with adolescents, you know, or young adults for the most part, you know, they can sometimes be sensational. Um, and, and so maybe raising the limit to where they've burned some of that energy off and then allow them to own their own firearms, maybe that would be a good idea. I don't know. Maybe they can pass that and, 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 and two, three years ago by and it won't do anything. I don't know. You know, but I will say this. When it comes to gun control, majority of the gun control that I see the Democratic candidates pushing or push, you know, at least verbally pushing for um, is going to do absolutely nothing. And you're absolutely right. When it comes to gun control, for the most part, it's going to affect us, um, us being minorities and poor people. And one of the things that people got to understand, even when it comes to us specifically in Illinois, the whole FOIA card thing, I don't know if you've seen in the news, but they're challenging that in the Supreme Court right now because okay. – uh, the Illinois judge declared that the whole FOIA card requirement was unconstitutional. So they're going back to, they're supposed to be going to the Supreme Court and, and figuring this whole thing out. But an interesting tidbit, and I don't know if me you talked about this the last time, but an interesting tidbit about why FOIA cards were even instituted. Mm -hmm. uh, did we get into that the last time? Uh, like, like, I don't, can't remember. I can't remember if we did or not, but, but break it down. So back when King was assassinated, you had uh, upflux of black folks buying weapons. Now, what happened was good old Mayor Daley at the time was concerned because a lot of Chicagoans, specifically black Chicagoans, started arming themselves. And as we've seen, you know, there was a couple of riots around the country. You know, stuff was it was going down. People was mad, you know, yeah. that they killed King. Yeah. And so uh, and rightfully so. Um, but. Mayor Daley supposedly was behind, uh, and I say supposedly because this is the part where there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, hearsay when it comes to who was behind the 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 FOIA card being enacted. Um, but what we do know, it was it was definitely enacted as a result to King being killed. Um, and you ever hear, and a lot of Chicagoans is going to notice, but you ever notice how, you know, for the longest, you couldn't own a handgun in Chicago. Hmm. Like, if you lived in the suburbs, you can own a handgun. Um, but if you live in the Chicago city limits, you couldn't have a handgun. You could have a shotgun. Uh, you could have, like, a bolt-action rifle, but you couldn't have a handgun. And so what happened is when we got concealed carry back in, I think, 2013, that was when the Chicago stuff got kicked out. But going back to when King was assassinated, what happened was Mayor Daley was concerned with all of the uh, black people that were buying arms. Now, one of the cheapest, most efficient guns that you could buy back in that day was the good old trusty 38 Special. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. So that was the most popular handgun that black people owned. In addition to Mayor Daley going... And speaking with the president and getting uh, all the deduction in a row, and they got this FOIA card passed, and you got to pay money now. You know, you got to go through an approval process and all of this, blah, 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 to be able to own a firearm. Chicago specifically outlawed the 38 Special. Oh. And that was the beginning to that whole Chicago, you can't have handguns in Chicago thing. They didn't outlaw that gun because it was dangerous or it was unsafe in any kind of manner. They outlawed it because that was the most common, cheap gun that black folks had to defend themselves. So why did I bring that up? Going back, there's a hashtag that a lot of black gun owners have been pushing that says all gun laws are racist. Um, 
and granted, I know that that can be debatable, but the essence of them, the the, the origin of them, mm-hmm. they are. They were all instituted basically to keep black folks from arming. Because remember, prior to black folks starting to arm on a mass level, mm-hmm. white people in this country have always embraced arms. It was part of why, how we got our freedom, you know, from the queen. So owning arms, that being a part of the day-to-day life, that was always a part of quote-unquote American culture. It wasn't until black folks started partaking that now all of a sudden we need gun control so when you fast forward it to now what they're trying to do they're trying to outlaw the uh assault weapons even and that's a joke that is a huge joke and and cook county right now irritates my soul with this blair holt what they call it blair holt assault weapon ban okay and they have a ban on assault weapons it's like when you read it bro it is crazy it take you 18 hours to read every specific gun that is outlawed in cook county um but i've, I've attacked it before and i'm gonna attack it again i'm gonna tell you why blair holt real quick blair holt was a young black boy that was killed in chicago years ago he was the son of a police officer yes. he's a straight he was like an honor roll student young black guy what happened he was getting out of school and some gangsters came and they started shooting blair died because he was protecting another young lady and he wound up taking the rounds and he was killed. As a result, after a few years, Illinois, uh, Cook County instituted this, this assault weapon ban. They call it the Blair Holt assault weapon ban. But here's the problem, Dr. Dan. Mm-hmm. Blair was not killed with an assault rifle. He wasn't killed with an AR-15, nor was he killed with an AK-47. Blair was killed with the same firearm that I carry every single day, mm. which is a Glock 23. It shoots a 40 caliber um, round. They've done nothing about that round, that gun. There's no, there's no ban on the gun that killed Blair. But they did ban the gun that has been used time and time again in these mass shootings. And so with us being black folks in Chicago, we have to wake up and we have to realize, like, yo, they didn't put that in place for us. They didn't put it in place for Blair or in Blair's honor. They did nothing about the gun that killed Blair. And they had done a piss poor job of doing something about the situation that led to Blair being killed, which is the gang violence and the drug issues in Chicago. But they gave us this. They say, yo, this is for Blair. This is in Blair's honor. And realizing that this this thing that they put in place is more so for the white community because they're the ones that, that's been dying for the most part at the hands of these quote-unquote assault weapons. And then the whole term assault weapon, that's, that's Fugazi too. Um, how they spin it a lot of the times is they'll call the AR-15 an assault rifle or the AK-47. They'll say it's an assault rifle or assault-style rifle, which is crazy because by definition, assault means a physical act. Like you, the, the, the mere being of the gun is not assaulting anyone. And if you're going to go off of the potential for it to assault anyone, then by definition, every gun is an assault rifle or assault weapon because every gun has the potential to kill if it's in the hands of a quote-unquote killer. Um, but what they do is they, they label these ARs and these AKs as assault rep- weapons because they look, quote-unquote, look like the guns that are uh, military use. So an M16 looks like an, AK, uh, an AR-15, mm-hmm. but that's all it is. It just looks because in fu- as far as functionality, it's completely different. The guy that did the Vegas shooting he used what they call bump stocks, and we already know that they're in the process of banning those. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad about the bump stocks either. Like, you know, ban them. I don't care about bump stocks. I don't need a bump stock. You know, it's just an easy way to run through ammo. That's just throwing money down the drain, for my opinion. I know yeah. some people <laughs> like them for sport, but I don't need a bump stock. Um, but that's, you know, that's basically when you kind of turn your weapon into a fully automatic, right? It's a legal way of turning, turning your rifle into a fully automatic. But the reason why we civilians have to do that is because we cannot own 
military-style rifles that are fully automatic. We can't own them. It's illegal for us to own them. So Right, that's what I thought. Yeah, you can't you can't own a fully out. You have to have what they call a FFL license. Basically, meaning you you have to be like a gun store okay. to be able to own one. You know, and then there's like licensing and oversight that comes with that, as it should be. Um, but civilians, we can't. We since the 80s, there was a there was an assault weapon ban nationally that went into place in the 80s that stopped us from being able to own uh, assault rifles or assault weapons. So we can't own anything fully automatic. Um, so when they go online, I mean, on the news and they say, oh, well, he was killed with an assault rifle, I'm still wondering, like, assault what? Where's an assault? It's a, it's a semi-automatic rifle. Mm-hmm. Semi-automatic meaning you get one shot per trigger pull. Just like with your handgun, yeah. it's the same thing with these AR-15s. Now, because they look scary, that's why people fear them. And I get it, you know, because... You see certain things in movies, and then you see an AR-15 in real life, and your mind just automatically goes back to what you saw in the movie, and then you're fearful. I get it. But we can't allow that to dictate legislation. We just can't. And the thing is, the FBI has already released report after report saying that there's millions of guns in this country. Millions, Dr. Dan. And a lot of them are completely untracked. So when you say things like, well, we have to put an assault weapon ban out. Okay, cool. You're going to ban the sale of assault rifles. There's already millions here, so it's not going to stop these crazies from doing what they want to do. Next. Okay, well, well we're, going to, um, we're going to confiscate them, right? Well, Biden so far is the only one that I've seen that came out and said he'd be willing to confiscate. Everybody else is talking about buybacks, which is a nice way of saying confiscate. Um, but okay, cool. But here's the problem. Without a gun registry, only thing they have to go off of is the list of how many times I've had my name ran when I've bought a gun, right? So you can go and you can say, okay, well, over the last 10 years, David has had his name ran 10 times. So theoretically, he's bought 10 guns, but that's just theoretically. Yeah. But you don't know what kind of guns they were. It could have been all 38 specials, right? You don't know. <laughs> you, you don't know. Right. You know, so, so how are you going to properly compensate, you know, to, to stop this problem? How are you going to compensate? You can't. So you'll take some weapons off the street, right, or out of the homes of people. But the problem is this. Criminals are not known for giving up their weapons. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're not. Right. Especially, especially when they may have something that's not even traceable. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, so in essence, who's going to wind up giving their guns up? Me, you, you know, the people yeah. who are only going to use our guns for sports and defense. We're going to be the ones that give up our guns. But meanwhile... Them dudes that's doing these these shootings in the hood, they're still gonna have their guns. You know, these you know, this little whatever this dude is that wanna go into Walmart, you know, they caught another cat that had body armor in the yes. in the AK AR fifteen yep, going into I, another Walmart. Yeah, yes. You know, like these these dudes are gonna still have their guns. These are the guys that say out of my cold dead hands. You know what I mean? Like, you know, black folks, we haven't we haven't embraced this gun culture long enough to take that bold of a stance of like I'm taking out of my cold dead, you know. Yeah, you ain't lying about it. that. Yeah, yeah, but we ain't we ain't that bold. But some of these dudes, they legit. We seen what happened out west with the I forget those dudes' names, man. The, the farmers, man. But they had that standoff with the with the feds, and it was like all those pictures of uh, these guys that was on the ranch, and they was trying to take the guys' land, and it was pictures surfacing. Man, he called all these guys, and they was like aiming guns at the feds, and it was like this long standoff. I remember Eventually, that. they got I arrested. That. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't 
don't see that. Like that's yeah. we're not there yet as far as black people. So we're going to be the ones that's going to suffer from that. We're going to we're going to get our guns taken. We're going to you know whether it be forcefully or they're going to give us a hundred dollars for a twelve hundred dollar gun, you know, and we're going to be left vulnerable. And meanwhile, the people who mean us harm are still going to be walking around with these weapons. So when you talk about you know gun control. The reason why I'm generally not on page with it is because I never hear any quote unquote common sense gun control. You know, everything that they present is only going to make us more vulnerable. It's only going to make us more vulnerable. And they've shown us that they can't protect us. One of the problems I have with Walmart and other companies that put those no gun signs up yeah. is majority of them don't have armed, um, armed security there. You know, like that's a problem. And essentially, that's exactly what some of the politicians want to do to us. You want to de-arm, disarm me, but you don't want to put any measures in place to protect me either. You're just going to only going to make me vulnerable. And considering we know that there's been an uptick since what was it? 20, I think it was 2009. Mm-hmm. I think the study was from 09 to like 2016. There's been an uptick in violence in the white supremacy circles. So you know this. This is, this is from the FBI, Absolutely. right? So you, you, you know that we're being targeted more. You know these people are training and arming and getting more and more bold. You know, the president makes these little sly comments and everything, and it's like cold terms for people, and they taking yep. it and, 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 and doing what they want to do with it. But in the, mean, in the meantime, you, you, you want to take my gun. Like that just that makes no sense. It's like Coleon Noir said, "We're being shot at, and your resolution to that is to take our guns. <laughs> we don't want gun control. We want to have guns so we can shoot back." Man, you know? this is yeah. well, and even as we're talking right now, I just on my phone it just popped up on the Atlantic. Uh, it's an op-ed piece uh, by Mike Mullins to stop the slaughter of our children with these weapons of war. So that's, that was the jargon I was looking for. That's, that's the, that's kind of the new one that's, that's making yeah. the, the rounds, right? Weapons of war. Weapons Assault of weapons war. are designed yeah. to kill as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time. They're not for war. They are for war. They are not for sport. Um, and so of course this person goes into arguing that, you know, we need to ban the AR-15. This is literally just as we're talking popped up yeah. on my screen. And I was like, okay, let me, let me click on this because this, I, I'm with you, man, and that's and that's that's what gets me because I'm like, I I'm I'm all for like you said, gun laws that make sense, smart gun laws, like you said. I mean these things. I mean so, but the gun control, like if even if we take, I mean it's what Ice Cube said a long time ago. He's like, man, what you do going ban the AK? The shit wasn't registered any effing way. So it's like, right. Right, exactly. <laughs> what you you gonna ban the thing? But like you said, it's not like somebody who was planning on. If I'm planning and dead set on killing as many people as I can, it's not like I'm gonna be like, dang, they just passed a law. Huh? Well, mm-hmm. I gotta give my gun up, man. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know why you're not gonna do that, Doctor Dan? Because let's go to Sandy Hook. Let's go to Parkland. Let's go. Right. Yeah, let's go to Columbine. Every school around the nation, around the nation, is a designated—not just the school, but the parking lot to the school. Yes, is designated as a as a no gun zone. Mm-hmm. Those were places that had quote unquote gun control strongly enacted, and guess what? Didn't stop them shooters. Nope. Criminals right. don't care about laws. That's what they have to understand. Hell, it's been illegal to kill somebody for years, right? And that ain't, <laughs> that ain't stopped nobody, right? right? So, like, in these situations, these dudes broke two laws. They came on to, to no guns, no guns on property with guns, and they chose to kill people, which is also against the law. And they think that, oh, well, the solution is let's put up more laws. Okay. 
All right. So we're just going to act like that's not doing the same thing, but expecting a different result, which is by definition, what? Insanity. So I, I don't get it. I, I really, I, I really, I really don't get it. Um, but I, I get it. I, I get it. But I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, like we say, the whole common sense aspect, like, yo, this has to stop being just a political agenda, a political talking point. They, I, I believe that a lot of the politicians are just so thirsty to give people something to hold on to that they aren't willing to actually sit down and talk about how this is a quote-unquote culture problem and not a gun problem. Um, one of the things Coleon does a lot is he releases the stats from different countries on different forms of death. So like knife deaths and you know like even I just put up a video earlier man like I saw in that. 20 yeah it was <laughs> like more knife hey, it was people it was more people beat to death from hands and fists than it was from rifles you know but he's like but but we want to spend all this time effort and money and 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 banning rifles and it's like yo that's how you know it's just a sensationalized thing. It's not rooted in logic. And 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 so that's henceforth the whole common sense part of the gun control you know i think that it has to be it's gonna have to be bipartisan like they they can never agree on anything when it comes to gun control because you know just keeping it real from 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 my perspective the democrats um are just concerned with taking the guns away and ripping them out of people's hands and the republicans um are so in the nra's pocket that they're not necessarily looking at it from an honest standpoint either. They're just, I think, trying to be appeasing to their, to their, you know, sugar daddy for the most part. And so, with that going on, I don't think either party is actually looking out for the best interests of the actual people. Right. You know. So yeah. So at some point, man, like I say, we have to get gun control. We have to get common sense gun control. But until then, yo, man, we gotta, yo, yo, your protection is your responsibility. I like the, what you posted, and for those of you listening, I'm 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 gonna if if you don't mind, I don't know I I don't know how a uh, public your 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 um your Instagram is and stuff, man. I was it's gonna open. put the okay. oh, I was yeah, gonna put that in the show notes so that people can look up, man, because I, I I really do want folks to come follow you and check out. I love that you put up your uh the Hayes Family Emergency Plan or or the uh, what is it called? Yeah, the Hayes Family yeah. Emergency Response Plans. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you get you listed out three different scenarios, and you know, brother. I mean, it got me to think too, because I'm just like, okay, man, where do I need to shore up stuff? Where do I, you know, what do I, what do I need to do when it comes to, like you said, you know, that protection? Because if it's just nine one one, oh, I mean, I mean, come on, more than likely they're gonna show up and try to shoot me in my house. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, I mean, let me ask this, and I know that our time is not, I know our time is not, but let me ask this. So I'm sure I have some listeners that say, well, look, you know, as Christians, you know, it's like, you know, this is a violent way. This is this and this and that. How do you engage with that particular, you know, sociopolitical theological discussion in regards to, you know, weaponry and, you know, um, you know, I had a, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a well-known black theologian, you know, pretty much just say as Christians, we don't have no, we have no business uh, owning guns. Yeah. So I'd be curious to just hear your take on that. And then, then we can do, we can wrap this thing up, man. You know, for the most part, Dr. Dan, I don't, um, when, when I, when I'm talking to individuals, um, from the church that takes that stance, generally speaking, this emotional, and so what I try that I try not to do, I try not to get involved in 
um, those emotional debates because at that point it's going to be my logic versus your feelings and we're not going to get anywhere. But for the most part, when when if I can have that conversation with people, I generally go to a couple things. One, in Luke 22, we see where Jesus told uh, them to take up their swords. And if they didn't have a sword, to sell that person by a sword. Um, and we know that Jesus at that time was preparing for what ultimately was to come. Um, but from that, as well as a fast forward to when they did come for Jesus and Peter used his sword to um, chop homeboy's ear. One of the things that I caught, and I don't know, and you can say maybe I'm reading into it, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not, I don't know. But one of the things that I caught was that Peter was not reprimanded by Jesus for having a sword. He was so much, it was, it was more so the issue of him trying to stop Christ from being taken and crucified, but Christ was, was basically saying, yo, I, this is the reason that I came here. Like, you don't even understand. I have to go to the cross for you, right? So when I look at it and I break it down like that, I'm like, yo, okay, at one point we have Jesus telling the people to arm up because there's going to be some trouble coming. And then we see that Peter, it, he didn't necessarily get in trouble for having arms, but he got in trouble for trying to prevent the Savior from going to be the Savior. Um, when you combine that with just the whole concept of who we are as men, you know, Naturally, we're protective, you know, like one of um, each king's role in the Bible was to protect his people, protect his borders. Um, there were armies like David, you know, David didn't get in trouble for um, David didn't get in trouble for having an army. He got in trouble for stepping outside of God's will, you know, doing his own thing. Hmm. But when it comes to the, at the, the just the concept of protection and defense, um, we never see where owning a weapon is quote unquote frowned upon by the Lord. We even see different parts of the Bible where they were commanded to take everybody out. You know, not granted that was under the instruction of God directly. Um, and they had to go clear Canaan out so that they can come in and take it. But yet and still, we have to stop. Um, we we got to stop focusing so much on the object and we have to focus on the heart of the person, the intention of the person. So if my, if my intention is to be a righteous man, a godly man, and part of that righteousness, part of that godliness is to protect my family, preserve the lives, the lives that God has given me, uh, the honor of leading. Then if I choose a weapon to not not to be a tyrant with, but to essentially meet the threat that's coming. Because that's all this is about, is to meet the threat. If a person comes in my house and they have a gun, I want to meet that threat. Mm. You know, I should at least be equal so I have a, 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 a chance, you know, to defend these lives that God has given me, uh, the, you know, the, the, um, the, has blessed me with, right? These are my children. This is my wife. Like, this is, it's my job. I'm supposed to be willing to lay my life down to defend them. You know, so for me to do that job effectively in the world that we live in, I seriously don't understand the theological argument against it. You know, like I say, as long as we're examining the heart of that man, and that's where we have to do that. That's where that argument takes place at. So if we can have that conversation with the person, and that's 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 my stance. And and sometimes, you know, people understand that. And sometimes they're just like, no, nah, I just can't get past the fact that this is a gun. It was created to kill. This is that and the third. I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. Like yeah. I won't even I won't even debate that person, you know, because I understand that that's not 
it's it's coming from uh, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. And my, you know, we and um at Moody, one of the things that we had, uh, one of the sayings that we had was feelings are stupid. And you know, not trying to call someone stupid, but just saying that generally feelings don't uh, include logic. It's just feelings. They just come from wherever they come from. Um, so I, I tell people all the time, and I have a lot of people in my family that's like that, Doctor Dan. That just does not. They're not okay with weapons at all. You know, they're not yeah. okay with any any kind of weapons. Um, and like I say, I, I I respect that for them, but for me. Um, you just got to understand and accept the fact that if you're going to be around me, you're going to be around weapons. You're going to be around guns. I'm <laughs> yeah. very pro-gun. Uh, I'm, I love the Lord. But if you come at me or my family crazy, you're probably going to catch some lead. Like, that's just maybe it's bad theology. I really don't know. I really don't care. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, brother, it has been great talking with you man i could continue on with this but thank you for sharing your insight yeah. some of this history that uh i don't think a lot of folks are really aware of um and just uh you know just some of the aspects that you know kind of go unseen uh in the in the media you know and, and also a footnote you know this brother when they talk about the police need more training uh it's it's interesting to note that uh the shooter at, at walmart got, got taken taken alive mm. ain't that something <laughs> ain't that something <laughs> Boy and me, I get pulled over by CPD and I got my gun holstered and I'm a nervous wreck sometimes. Right. Like, I, hands up. I'm talking, you know, like right. I ain't even killed nobody. This dude. Right. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's like seeing a, a pink elephant, dude. That's amazing. Right. Right. Oh, oh man. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, stuff man. like that, I'm always just like, oh, okay. So y'all know how to to oh, yeah. de-escalate a situation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got diplomacy. They just don't use it with us. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't use it with us, man. Oh, man. Well, before you go, yeah. man, tell folks where they can find you and uh, and, and where and where you be posting some of this good stuff. Yeah, man, no doubt. Um, so on Instagram, um, you can catch me personally at Chi-Town Day-Day. That's C-H-I-T-O-W-N-D-A-Y-D-A-Y. Um, but we also have, uh, me and my wife have a, um, a page we started, it's called the black modern. And we, we, we table a lot of these things. And we're also like doing events where we just trying to, you know, get people together, you know, table some good conversation and stuff like that. And it's called the black modern. That's T H E B L K M O D E R N. That's on Instagram. That's also on Facebook. Um, and on Facebook, I'm just David Day Day Hayes. Uh, but majority of our, uh, our stuff is between the Black Modern and um, Shottown Day Day on Instagram. That's what's up. And again, as always, for those of you listening, I'll put these in the show notes. You can go to whitehodgepodcast.com um, and click on those links and uh, get connected uh, with Brother uh, David here, man. Again, thank you so much, brother, for coming on. And uh, let's just you know, let's continue to live forward. For sure, man. Dr. Dan, I appreciate you, man. I definitely appreciate you. I enjoy following you, man. I thank you for, for being so transparent and for tabling these topics, man, and putting it out on a podcast. I appreciate you. You, I, I told, I told Ruckus, uh, Terrence, I'm like, yo, Dr. Dan is my favorite Democrat, man. <laughs> Like, he's my favorite one, hands down. <laughs> Heard that, man. I would take that. I would take that. Right. Shoot, man. Thank you. Shoot, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, man. Sir. I'm hanging on by a thread these days, man. I'm trying to look for another yeah. party, man. These these cats and this Democrat party. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a whole man. other conversation right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, man. I, I, I salute you, brother. I know you're probably holding on by a thread, you know. But hey, at this point, you know, I think hell, it don't matter what party you you supporting at this point. Everybody probably gonna be holding on by a thread. Yeah, like, yeah. Everybody taking L's, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, man. Well, thanks again, brother. All right, brother. You take care, man. Stay vigilant, man. Stay safe. I'm Parker Musk, and I hate black people. They're the worst. They're stinky, and they just suck. They're just bad people. If you notice, over there is a box of Jordans. The favorite pair of shoes for a black man. I'm going to show you what I think of a black man. Fuck. All niggers. Hey, it's me again, Parker Mushin, hater of all black men. Look over here, it seems that our nigger hasn't quite learned his lesson yet. Seems like he needs 25 rounds to the dome. I don't think that was enough. Thank you very much for watching my PSA. Fuck all niggers.